clear for takeoff once again. Welcome to Jeff Fuel, the Justice Sport Podcast. As always, I am your party host, Joe Rivera. And along with me, as always, is my astute, educational, incredibly handsome co-host. Oh, he's just the most handsome man on the face of the planet. None other than Matt Solard, a.k.a. King Sliss Liz. I, I see you're packing another hat. Say hello, my friend. Yeah, man. We're keeping it rolling, right? I got to go, got to roll it into the new season. Um, man, I'm what a weekend, Labor Day weekend. Last weekend without football, NFL football. We got a little taste of it with college football. I'm, I'm ready, man. How about you? Yeah, man, I'm ready. Um, I saw Rutgers win on Sunday, so I was pretty happy that. And it was an ugly, ugly win, too. Like people are saying they dominated and defense looked half good, but. You know, it wasn't it wasn't anything pretty versus Northwestern. Like nothing I'm getting excited about. It was Northwestern. Right, exactly. It was Northwestern. It wasn't even like a I mean, they put up what twenty eight points, but they should have had forty five. So it's yeah, who cares? But uh uh so as, you know, we're we're right on the press basically. There's a few things I wanna I wanna get out there first. For those who uh, entered in the Limerick contest, I know you've been waiting anxiously for the winners. So we did pick our three winners. And the winners are the of the Limerick contest are Alexandro, who sent in uh, Limerick via email, Salad Face, who was pretty much the MVP of Limerick, and we'll get to more Salad Face later. Google, and Crimp, who did he had the first one and he set the bar very high. So shout out to those three guys for winning the Jersey contest, the Limerick contest. We're gonna send you some jerseys your way just in time for the start of the season. It's you know you guys did great. There was a lot, a lot of good. Uh, limericks in there but uh three three very qualified winners I, i'd like to believe absolutely right very very good stuff all right so, so let's get the ball rolling here uh, there there's one thing before we get into the bit nuts and bolts of the roster and really break down the season preview here um so there was a interesting like full circle moment happened on on Je- on hard knocks I don't know if you've been watching, but so, yep. so today the Jets put out a preview, a teaser for tonight's episode where they tell Xavier Gibson he makes the team, right? Mm-hmm. So Joe Douglas kind of has a, a little bit of history with Hard Knocks. For those unaware, I mean, I'm sure people at this point, Jets fan, most Jets fans know, but when he was a staffer on the Ravens, when the Ravens were on Hard Knocks in 2000, I want to say, or maybe 2001, it was one of the first ones. I think it was the first one. He... Like I said, he was a low-level staffer, and his job was essentially the Turk. So he would find players who were going to get cut. He would tell them, Brian Billick wants to see you. Coach Billick wants to see you. The players would go up with their playbook. The players would get cut on screen, right? This is, Hard Knocks has been pretty notorious for that for 20 years. You know, like that's been the big, you know, everybody likes seeing, that, like seeing, but people watch the players get cut, right? Right. So on Hard Knocks tonight, which is airing at 10 o'clock, an interesting uh, full circle moment where Douglas and Sala are telling Xavier Gibson, he made the team and oh, he yeah. wasn't actually cut, which is interesting because one of the things we heard from hard knocks in the beginning or the jets on hard knocks in the beginning was, well, we don't want to show the players getting cut because it's inhumane. Right. And, you know, I understand that part of it. You know, when you're an organization, you organization that's trying to build the culture in the right way, you, want to protect your guys as much as possible. Right. And you want to show players like we have your back. Right. So it's a long preamble, preamble of saying long, long way of saying, you know, that's, that's a pretty, I know that like, this is the fluffy side of the jets and football and, and, and propaganda and all that stuff, but it's a pretty cool f- full circle moment for Douglas and a pretty cool moment for the jets to 
not not have to be the guy to, I mean, obviously there were players who got cut, but not have to be the guy to show them on screen and say, hey, you lost your job, get packing, right? So yeah, uh, yeah it was cool. good. Of, it was good of them to negotiate that. And you saw last episode, the little bit with Jerome Cap and man, they really had to kind of dig to find, <laughs> to yeah. find a dude that they could kind of give screen time for. And it's like, yeah. I mean, bottom, bottom, bottom of the roster, really no shot of making right. it even. I mean, granted, I would have told you Irv Charles and Brownlee probably didn't have a good shot either. And, and they both made it right. But um yeah about as as much as they've shown we'll we'll see what tonight's episode brings but yeah good on the org and then cut downs are done Let, let's move on to football baby yep and speaking of cut downs and there's a there's a pretty big reason why the jets are, are were in position to add not only jason brownlee but xavier gibson to the roster and that was the retirement of Corey davis uh sudden retirement i, I don't remember if he spoke about it on the last episode but kind of out of nowhere right uh, yeah. i mean Really, really, really strange uh, situation with Davis. There's a lot to unpack here. Sliz, your, your thoughts on, on Davis unexpectedly walking away from the Jets? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, to even speculate on the the reasons or the motivation, right? I know, I mean, we can just kind of keep that on the side and look at the football result of it, right? So going back, it, there are there's I think just rumors, right? Not really so much reporting that the, the front office is known at least going certainly going into training camp, if not early into OTAs, that this was a possibility, right? You hear what they talked about on hard knocks of like, hey, make sure you're reaching out. Um, you know, he might not be done. And I know they didn't use those exact words, but hey, he's welcome back if he wants to come back. So it does seem kind of um I don't, kind of sudden in a sense, like he's really weighing a couple things. It sounds more off the field than anything. Like it wasn't like certainly wasn't an easy decision and it, and it wasn't a clean break, so to speak. Like, yeah, I'm stepping away. I'm done, done. Um, from a football perspective, it certainly hurts the wide receiver room. Um, I know Corey's been much maligned by our fan base after we brought him in and criticized for drops, certainly health, but he's a guy where, him plus Lazard, you feel feel really good. I think about that wide receiver two slash three combo. And hey, we have two guys that on a good day are probably more of a wide receiver two, wide receiver two B kind of straddle in the line between the two, three. But then you lose Corey, everyone bumps up the depth chart and it's got you kind of gritting your teeth a little bit. Like, man, maybe not the type of wide receiver room you want to do an all-in push with. When you look around the AFC and you see these these wide receiver duos on all you know the Bengals, the Jaguars. Um, you could even look at like the Chargers. You're certainly across looking in the NFC, you see Brandon Ayuk and Debo on the the 49ers. You see uh, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. It's like man, all these hard hitting teams with powerful duos, right? And that's the part that maybe makes you worry a little bit. Yeah. And, and the thing is, Liz, and I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, there's two names that have kind of been bandied about, right? Mike Evans has been in the news for contract extension talks. You know, it's seemingly funny this morning when Josina Anderson reports that, oh, well, Mike Evans, you know, his camp submitted something that would be uh, appealing to the Buccaneers, essentially. And then everybody else and the Buccaneers beat and said, no, this is untrue. Like nothing, there's no movement on either side. And there's a self-imposed deadline of the Saturday before week one. So, you know, we're a few days away from that at this point. What are the the chances? How, how can the Jets fit Mike Evans in here? And 
I will say it's a little worrying, a little worrying that the Giants cleared some cap space and they're in desperate need of wide receiver help because I'm sorry, Paris Campbell's not scaring anybody. One-legged Sterling Shepard's not scaring anybody. One-legged Wandale Robinson's not scaring anybody. Um, And I understand Jalen Hyatt is Jalen Hyatt. You know, he's a rookie. What can you expect from him? Nobody really knows. So what are the odds and and how does Mike Evans kind of fit into this wide receiver room if possible? Yeah, I mean, I I think if he does become available, right, and that's that's always the caveat, I think, of the potential – wide receivers to become, you know, people were like, Oh, I want Michael Gallup. Oh, I want Devonte Adams for obvious reasons. Um, I, I think Mike Evans is the most likely to become available there. Certainly he's going to want some long term security. I, I don't know that to force a trade necessarily means we extend them, but I feel like from Mike Evans camp, he's going to want that, right. He's going to want at least, probably an, an additional two years for three years total. Um, when you look at those other guys, I don't think that's going to be, I don't think anyone else is going to become available legitimately, right? There's too yep. much dead money on Devonte, Michael got G- competing teams. Aren't trading away their wide receiver three, right? And, right. and all <laughs> like team teams that are in the same position as us, aren't trading away their equivalent of Alan Lazard on their death chart. Right. It, you just don't do that where Mike Evans maybe makes sense. He's in the last year of his contract. That team is clearly bad. Um, I whether or not they think they are is maybe a different question. It's kind of a sell them now for assets or kind of hold them into it. And, and, and he probably hurts your tank if, if you're legitimately trying to tank, which they probably aren't. Um, but that that's, I think where it shapes up, I think you raise a good point, right? Even if Mike Evans does become available, that doesn't necessarily mean the jets are the best suitor in terms of what we're offering. Um, I think in terms of fit, it'd be a great fit, right? He slots into where Corey would have been. He's your immediate one B alongside Garrett. And he offers a body type that's much different than Garrett, right? He's, He's going to win vertical, not necessarily speed wise, but he's going to win vertical. Um, and he's going to be another red zone threat, which is, is right. always welcome. Right. Right. Uh, here's a question from, from Gungan God. And I have a few thoughts on this. Don't you think uh, Mike Evans would be content to ring chase for a year and cash down in the off season? Now, uh, the thing about it is Mike Evans wants to get paid, right? So it's, so it's a matter of him wanting to be paid. Now he's 30 now, which means this is his last, good shot at getting a good contract. Right. And the thing about Mike Evans is those hamstrings will talk to you, man. And, and he's good. He's good for a, an IR stint a year. I mean, he hasn't missed a ton of time, but hamstrings he's, he's missed time in the past. Like he's, he's a guy who gets injured. Um, so well, it's, it, wide, it's wide receivers at his age in general. Right. Right. It's not a Mike Which, Evans specific thing. You saw that with Julio. Right. right. And, and, when he got traded to Tennessee, it's like, Hey, he had been nicked up, but he hadn't missed much time. And then boom, the floodgates kind of opened on him. And a few other things is Baker Mayfield's throwing him the ball this year, which like, I'm not going to say that, you know, when you, when you have the production that he'll probably have with Baker this year, he's not going to set himself up for a big contract in the off season. If he does play through this year, you obviously run the risk of injury. Todd Bowles teams are, typically juiceless and teethless. So it's like, I don't really know what, what he's going to expect. And I wrote that uh, in something I wrote the other day. It's 
kind of kind of crazy to to see Bruce Arians coach teams, and then Todd Bowles has always been like his second in command, and go from like a Bruce Arians no risk it no biscuit type like really just like aggressive down your throat type offense and teams, and then you go to Todd Bowles is like great defensive coordinator. But a head coach, it's like the teams just typically don't respond to him well. So I can understand Mike Evans wanting to get out at some point. I think that's partially why this deadline is – I don't think he wants to re-sign there. I, I, I'd i be surprised if he did, honestly. like, Yeah, it's, what, it's, it's always it's just tough. weird. Yeah, it's tough when you have a player like that that's been there his whole career. He has the tax advantage in Florida, so it's like right. that's tough. Um, I don't know. I, I would think if I'm in his shoes, I would think it'd be a no brainer to move and cash out. Right. He, he certainly, if he gets traded anywhere, but where he's at, he's probably more likely to, to put up stats, which helps, um, helps his hall of fame case as well. That's a, uh, regular argument we have in the discord <laughs> right. is, is Mike Evans, a hall of famer, right? Yep. Um, from the ring chasing perspective that maybe loses a little teeth when you already have a ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know, man. We'll see. Certainly, if he's available and, and you're Joe Douglas, you, you need to do what you can to add him, right? Honestly, I, I'm... I said throw out a give him the third and the fifth, um, which is really probably about the most we can offer in terms of 2024 capital. Certainly, pay his contract. I'd be okay extending him and stretching it. Um, I think you push it all in on this year. Maybe not, you know, see what happens next year, deal with it next year. But if he's available, you got to do it. The thing is, it's like these, these contract extensions. Yeah. You always see five years, you know, whatever it is, X amount of millions of dollars, but these contracts are always two years in and out, three years in and out. Like you can always get like, it's sometimes it's not pretty on the back end, obviously, but I don't think the jets would be in a position where they're paying Mike Evans four years down the road when he's 34 years old and, and breaking down like, I just don't see that happening. So when, put when you're in, put it all in just, 2025, all the right. dead caps in 2025, like, you know, if this whole Rogers thing doesn't work out this year or next year, then you're heading for, you know, retooling or rebuild, whatever you want to call it in a couple of years anyway. So it's like, um, and the, the good thing about it is theoretically, you'll at least be in a better position talent wise with the young guys around you to that you won't have to start from literally square one, right? Yeah. I think the Jets will be in better position to retool, so to speak, and you won't be in for a seven-year rebuild or whatever it was that they were in last time. So, uh, but we don't want to talk about that. Let's uh, let's talk about some more fun stuff, Sliz. So, so we have we have the roster which was released. Obviously, roster cutdowns happened uh, last week, week before. Let's let's take a look, Sliz. Here, here's your offense. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is up to date. Uh, I might be wrong, but it's pretty sure this is up to date. I pulled this from Discord. So, um, Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback one, you know, no surprise there. Brees Hall and Izzy, obviously. Dalvin Cook, Michael Carter, Nick Bodden. I can go through the whole list. Any surprises here for you? Because I think this was pretty straightforward. I mean, uh, we kind of mentioned it last week. The, the biggest surprises, obviously, are all of Gibson, Brownlee, and Irvin Charles. And, and Irvin Charles is like the big surprise name, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it seemed almost hard to see us carrying six wide receivers. Never mind, we carried seven, and that seventh was, was Irv Charles, right? So really, you assume kind of cut his teeth, made it uh, as a special teams push. Brownlee probably gets in as the Corey replacement. And then Gibson's are, you would assume, week one punt returner, special teams guy, um, and backup slot. 
So, um, yeah, beyond that, pretty chalk. I think Nick Bodden was a name that you could maybe waffle back and forth on, but it seemed pretty evident based on reports that we were going to carry a fullback, that we're going to use a fullback. Um, yeah, and really he makes it in as your fourth tight end spot over mm-hmm. a Zach Koontz. Uh We did carry Yaboa for a minute and then uh, reverted him to IR. So um, I guess we'll see in a couple weeks when, when like a Carter Warren and a Kenny Yaboa are eligible to come off of IR what the roster state is and, and where we go from there. Yep. And so, you know, the running back room is, I don't want to say interesting because it shakes out just about as how we expected. Maybe, you know, Michael Carter was kind of seemed to be the odd man out this, you know, once you get rid of Bam, like, yeah, Michael Carter wins that, that job, that running back three job or four job, whatever it is. But it just doesn't feel like when you look at Brees and you look at a Dalvin and an Izzy, he's a much different mold than those guys. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how that, fits really especially if you're if you're gonna go pony package this year and you know we love the pony package and and we'll see how Hackett deploys these guys but if you're gonna go pony package this year how does Carter doesn't fit you know and and I know that he's a locker room leader you know the guys all love him but it it just doesn't feel right I just don't know who you would replace him with from the roster cuts that they made yeah and you've heard You've heard in the past week or two about wanting to ease Brees back. Certainly, I I still don't think Dalvin's a hundred percent either, right? And then Izzy had that that knee knee bump last preseason game, so it'll be if Michael Carter's going to get his work, it's going to be probably in the the first two to three weeks here. Um, you would you would hope, I guess, going into probably that Chiefs game week four that that's the phase out of Michael Carter where really he shouldn't be getting any touches. We should have both Dalvin and Brees at full speed. And, and if you need a guy in the hopper, hopefully it's the, the rook who has a little bit of tenure under him at that point. Yep. Michael Carter for Mike Evans straight up. What do you say? Who says no? Yeah, I'm who down. Says no? Hey, Tampa needs a, Tampa needs a back. I'm not there a believer in uh, Richard white. <laughs> make it, make it happen. JD. Uh, all right. So let's, let's take a look at the defense and, uh, you know, again, this is pretty pretty chalk, right? No no real surprises here, I, I don't think. I mean, the biggest name on here, not that it's a surprise, but there is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of hype for Tony Adams this year. Like, you've heard it from coaches. You've heard it from players. They think this guy is the truth. I don't know what to make of it. Like, that's the one, if you were to look at this roster before the offseason, and you say, yeah, I mean, it's safety is the weak spot, right? It's It's – it's the most glaring part in the secondary. I mean, luckily DJ Reed and sauce played so well last year that, you know, you don't have to worry about safety help as much when those guys are locking guys down, but any, any surprises on the defensive side of the ball here? No, I don't think so. You have to remember, uh, Eccles is out week one mm-hmm. with suspension, right? So yep. he'll slot in. You'd assume potentially take Irv, Irv Charles spot with, with the Chester hype, that that seemed like an obvious carry that we we're gonna have. Outside of that, I know I know people were kind of hemming and hawing about the the fourth safety spot, and Eshin Davis gets gets the nod. He had he had a really good preseason kind of finish, right? He was mm-hmm. attacking downhill, making yep. plays yeah, downhill. Yep, sure sure tackles, right? He wasn't whiffing; he was converting. Um, he just gives you that flexibility to play all the spots. He's been in the scheme now for a little bit. It's just when you're looking at when you have a super young Tony Adams, you want a guy that can, can kind of be versatile and play special teams. So that's where he makes it there. And 
like you said, with Tony Adams, we were having some conversation in the discord about it. It's, it's weird. Um, like for a roster and a coaching staff, that's made every dude earn it every step along the way. It's weird how early he was like, given the job and given's not the right phrase earn the job right but kind of crowned as yeah he's the starter and then how they just treated him through preseason where it's like he got so he got snaps last year in the regular season but it wasn't a ton of snaps and and he i mean he got essentially no snaps this preseason so it'll be interesting to see that's certainly a guy you circle and and you look to see what and how he's going to play here coming up on monday night I thought Zaire Barnes had a pretty good preseason too, and and he graded out fairly well as as, as far as I, I can take a look at the at the at the grades real, real quick. But as far as the guy you got on day three in the late rounds, it's like I'm I'm totally fine with what he gave you. This you know, all right. So let's see uh, his PFF grade. So uh, Hall of Fame game not great, graded out of thirty four point six. Obviously, it's pretty pretty bad. Thirty eight snaps. And then you had 34 snaps and and a start versus Carolina and 78.8, not bad. Uh, versus Tampa Bay started, he had 39 snaps at 72.2, again not bad. And preseason game three versus the Giants, 31.8. So kind of wishy washy, but you saw you saw him around the ball a lot when he played well, which you know Salas kind of has a reputation for developing linebackers a bit. So you hope Surratt and you hope. Barnes and you hope Sherwood behind the scenes. He's another guy who has really gotten a bit of hype, right? Um, oh yeah. For, for his smarts. And he's sat for essentially two years. I know he got hurt the first year, but you know, this linebacker core might be a little bit better than we expect, but still not great when you look at the starters. Yeah. Well, and you're, you, you hit it, right? Saul is known for developing guys. You have some, some athletic dudes and Sherwood's not in that category, but he's more of the, the smarts category. And it's, Hey, out of those three guys, if we develop one starter, that's an absolute win, right? Even if the other guys are depth slash special teamers, that's totally fun. Right. Uh, I want to throw this up on here. Uh, Google, you know, classic, classic Google South. My girlfriend made me miss the first 20 minutes of jet fuel by telling me about her day at work. You know, you really sound like you need help in your relationship, Google. I mean, the hey. geek of the week because you forced her to sit through the fourth quarter of the Giants-Jets preseason. I mean, what are we doing, man? What are hey, you doing? We, we appreciate our every week listeners. That's all yes. good. Hey, yeah. You, yeah. You, can always, you can always throw on the pod tomorrow morning. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, you just won't get to see Sliz's face, but, you know, it is what it is. But. All right, so let's let's move to the last section of the team. No surprises here, right? Greg Zerline, Thomas Moore said, Thomas Hennessy. Glad to see, glad to see Braden Mann gone, and I'm pretty sure he was waived too. I don't know if he was picked up by by anybody after he landed with the Steelers. So, uh, you know, poor one out for Braden Mann. But this, from from a specialist standpoint, you know, Hennessy's side obviously, but Hennessy's decent long snapper, right? This is the the most comfortable I felt entering a season with at the kicker and punter position, which hopefully you're not punting a lot. Hopefully you're not kicking a lot this year, but this is the most comfortable I felt. I don't know if you feel the same way. No, definitely. We don't have young guys and, and really, I mean, punter, we've hit, we went from what, Lack Edwards to Braden Mann. So two guys on rookie contracts that were kind of wishy-washy all, all the way through. So you, you get a vet who, if nothing else, is going to be a vet and is going to be savvy and know what to do in the big moments, which is big. And then, yeah, Greg Zerline had a really, really good year last year, and you hope he repeats that. Yeah, good preseason. And 
yeah, you feel comfortable, you feel confident. It's nice to be out of the roulette of going through three, four kickers within the same season that we we've done a couple times over the past couple of years. So yeah, special teams feels good. And when you're looking to compete, you need your special teams to be on lock, right? And yep. the Jets with this regime have prioritized it, right? And you look at Kerry and Justin Hardy and, and the contract we gave them. You look at making roster decisions around how did you special- say that without wincing? <laughs> just like- Not easily. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you talk about just all the positions that we've pro- we've really prioritized guys that can play special teams on the back end of the roster, right? And and you hope it shows up on Sundays. Something we didn't really talk about, Sliz, but it was kind of inevitable with the way he played during the preseason. You know, it didn't look great in the last game, but Makai Becton's your starting right tackle. And yeah, man. Makai and Prey, we're we're at it again, right? Right, Beckton and Prey. That's that's it. Uh, hey, if, you know, if it works out, it, it feels good. Listen, <laughs> it's it's scary. It's it's a scary position to be in, and I know if Makai stinks, you at least have Billy Turner. But we need desperately these guys to be good, right? We need him to be good, and not only for this year, but we've talked about it before. If Makai Beckton plays well, he's probably back on the team next year on the franchise tag, right? unless he plays so well the first, I don't know, 12 weeks of the season and you say to you, you engage him in extension talks and, you know, maybe you get him on a discount, but I don't see that happening. Right. So he, he's, I don't want to say this is an NFL career because I think unless he has another knee injury where he just, he misses most of the year, he's playing for a contract. He has to play well for this team because there's really no other option. <laughs> there's no other option. I mean, we know Max Mitchell's bad. Like for all the all the memes about Max last year, we know he's bad. Billy Turner is who he is. He's you know if he's the guy who's starting for you, you're in trouble. As a death piece, he's fine, right? But Makai, you know, attitude change from the whole I am a left tackle tweet to, you know, just embracing it. Hopefully, Dwayne Brown got in his ear and said, "Listen, young pup, you're you're going to the right side, and that's what and that's that. <laughs> deal with it." You know, um, let's see, man. Let's see. Yeah, man, and. The big thing, you want him healthy through this. If you can get to that bye week through this first six-game six gauntlet, that that's a win in and of itself, right? And I, I think any every game he gives you, you feel really good about. And, and we'll see once it's a full, full slate. And, of course, week one to week two, we are going to be on a short week, so that's something to consider. Um, yeah, we'll see how he handles it, but – it didn't feel like we were going to get to this point, right? When you, you rewind to the start of training camp. So it feels good. Yeah. Right. I, we've mentioned it a couple of times as much as we've memed on Makai. Makai is Makai being healthy and playing is the best solution at right tackle. Yep. You need him there. Hopefully it, it can sustain there. I just want to say he had 78 total snaps on offense in the preseason. 49 pass blocking, 29 run blocking, um, 80 overall PFF grade. Not bad. Second highest grade on the team behind Aaron Rodgers, who played, you know, nine nine snaps, 10 snaps, whatever it was. So uh, 87 run block grade overall. So he's mauling people on the right side, which he should be doing. And listen, let's be fair. He played against backups most of the time, but he did exactly what he's supposed to do against backups, Right. That, that tape that he put on versus the Buccaneers when he dozered Hamilcar Rashad and sent him to waivers himself, that's the kind of stuff you need to see from him, right? You need to see Big that time. nastiness. So 
listen, man, fingers crossed that he carries this through to the regular season because God knows the Jets desperately need it. If there's any one spot on this team that still feels very tenuous, it's that tackle position. And one injury, you know, 39-year-old Dwayne Brown, Mekhi Becton with two major knee injuries, like you're in, you're in a world of hurt. You're in a world of hurt. And thankfully, Von Miller's going to be out week one. But you look look ahead to week two, you're going to have Micah Parsons out there. Right. You look to week three, you're going to have Matt Judon there. Yep. Uh, fast forward, we have the Eagles coming to town week six, right? So there, there's some teams that like to get out after the passer. Hopefully, no Chris Jones in week four. But we'll um, probably going to see Chris Jones by the time week four rolls around. And, and he'll he'll be on that right side doing something. He, he kind of lines up all over the place. So yep. not in, in terms of matchups, and gr- every team has a good, at least one good edge nowadays for the most part. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those guys line up on that right side. So, yeah, you need Makai there to hold down the fort because we, we, we saw what happens when you have Max out there. So Sliz, one one thing I know we spoke a little bit about the wide receivers, but you had some target share predictions. I know you dropped in the analytics. Any any big takeaways about who's getting the ball? Yeah, we we touched on it a little bit last week, and I think the biggest thing, and it, it kind of gets thrown for a wrench because you don't know how the running back snaps are going to shake out early in the season. But all those years in Green Bay with Nathaniel Hackett there, with Rodgers there, and Devontae Adams there, so the, the 2019 to 2021, those three seasons, number two on the team and targets every single year is Aaron Jones, which really jumped out at me. So that tells you whether it's early season cook or as the season progresses, hopefully after a couple games into the season, that that's the brief share you'd expect Brees to get a lot of work in the passing game. So right. that's the biggest thing that, that I took away. Certainly with that volume on Garrett Wilson going up, um, I think it'll be even higher than last year. I think you're looking probably 160 targets if things are going well. Um, maybe pushing 170 if we're really moving the ball and getting a lot of drives in. Um, and, and beyond that, it's kind of a even distribution. I think kind of projecting all of those to – those Green Bay years to this year, it, I think I had Conklin around 60-ish. I think maybe you hope to get a slight bump on that. That's looking two to three targets a game. I think if you're in the four to five targets for Conklin every game, you're probably feeling pretty good about it. Um, but, yeah, man, we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, it's pony package. Give it to me, right? When you, I mean, at this point, Dalvin Cook's on the team. Just got to deal with it, right? Run him into the ground. Use him, use him until he breaks. Like, I don't care. Like just make, make good on his almost $9 million salary. Right. I I am curious to see what, and you mentioned pony. I'm curious to see how much we actually run a true fullback, right. In in terms of a true fullback power set and run power. If you're running power behind Makai and AVT, that's probably a good place to be, right. You're Mm -hmm. probably, you're probably displacing bodies several yards. And then if you have a fullback leading leading into the hole, that's probably all right to pick up the linebacker. But I I could see that early and often, especially if we're jazzed up on a Monday night against a divisional rival. You, you might see us come out with with a fullback and pound the rock to the right. Dump off city. Just give it to me. Yeah. Run everybody deep and just dump it off. That's that's it. That's all I want to see. Uh, so this is the last thing you had on our on our notes here before we move on to some superlatives. The power of friendship. I didn't ask you about this. I have no idea what this means, but can, can you please enlighten me? It, what, what do you mean by that? I mean, this is extra context around Mackay. And uh, I mean, we've talked about Rogers, I think all off season and it's 
as you watch hard knocks, as you look at the social media clips, like this was not, not the guy that he was portrayed to be in green Bay, right. And green Bay. And so far. I'm not, I'm not, so far. I'm not absolving the past or any of the off the field stuff, but you kind of, Hey, this guy's really hard nose. You even heard the, the, the Randall Cobb segment, right. Where he's talking to the wide receivers, like, Hey, eight's going to snap. He's going to reach a point where he's going to snap. If you guys run the wrong routes and, 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 and then Rogers comes out. He's like, man, I'm, I'm trying not to be that guy anymore. Right. And he's really trying to go out and embrace guys. And, with Makai specifically, whatever he's doing, it's working, right? And and I think we've kind of pointed out maybe a little bit too much on socials, that being Makai Becton, maybe a bit letting the noise get in his head a little bit too much. He's talked about his own, hey, I really needed to – I changed my whole team. I really need to kind of reevaluate, refocus, kind of put the blinders on, put the walls up. And, yeah, power of friendship, baby. A very interesting point on the Randall Cobb thing that my cousin actually pointed out to me that I didn't really think of. It might be a little conspiratorial, but so he, his theory, his running theory is that Randall Cobb's whole start running the right routes, you know, learn the offense is actually directed to Corey Davis because he wasn't, he wasn't saying it to Lazard, right? He wasn't saying it to the rookies on the roster because they're, you know, whatever, like they're guys down the depth chart. Who he's saying it to is a guy who's probably was probably going to start in the slot, right? So it's like, mm. who who would he who else would he be directing that to? But then again, Corey Davis didn't really practice much the last ten days before he retired, so right. it makes you think, though. It makes you think maybe that was a straw that broke broke Camel's back. So okay. who knows? Know. Who knows? A little bit of conspiracy theory. A little conspiracy theory fun. All right, so let's let's move forward. So I love this segment. We did it last year. Let's do it again. Let's let's get into some superlatives. You know, you're the old high school, most handsome, most likely to succeed, you know, all that stuff. Uh, we started with the, you know, a little bit on the negative side. I had fun with these, though. Most likely to cost the Jets a game this season would be who, Sliz? So I, maybe a surprise. I singled out Dwayne Brown. And really, really, it should probably be the left side of the offensive line, Dwayne plus Lakin. It just feels like that blindside hit on a crucial down is what's going to be. It's going to be the the dagger in some game, right? I don't think it's going to be a drop. If, if it's going to be a drop, it's going to be a Lazard. But I don't think it's going to be a drop. I certainly don't think it's going to be the quarterback. I have enough faith in the defense. I don't think it's going to be them. I think it's going to be the left side getting blown up on a crucial play. I think I, I put, listen, and people aren't going to agree with me. I put sauce here because, listen, th- maybe it's the memes that got to me or like the, just the weird Twitter people who, who got to me and Instagram people. But there is or there have been a fair amount of clips you see on Twitter with sauce getting a little grabby, right? You get a little handsy. And some of it is hand fighting. They let it go sometimes. But I just feel like there's going to be a game this year where Sauce is going to have lockdown coverage, but refs are going to flag him for something, and that's going to be the game. You know, I I hope not. You know, I, I don't think so. But uh, there's also part of me that says I just don't see Sauce having the year again that he had last year. Like people don't realize how freaking good Sauce Gardner was last year. Like, and how much of a blessing that is. And I know cornerbacks translate better to the NFL than that maybe they did in, in prior years, but. I just don't think people realize how good he was last year. So expecting him to recapture that is going to be, you know, he's going to be something special, you know, to, to do it two years in a row. But I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe that's, I, I think that's tough. a prudent point. There are going to be times where sauce Gardner this year probably gets beat and probably gets beat deep and maybe even gets beat deep for a touchdown. Right. It's a variable position, right? Right. The, the, like, lockdown corner as a concept really doesn't exist in the modern NFL because it's so freaking hard, right? You, yep. you look at a Jalen Ramsey and he's been top of the class, top of cornerback play for years. And, and you look season over season, th- there's games where it, it ebbs and flows, right? He'll obviously you, you'd rather have a sauce gardener than not, but especially after last year, there's going to be some games there. It's like, Oh man, Sauce got beat there. It it happens, right? Yep. It's the position. Yep. I don't know. Nervous, nervous about the secondary a little bit. I don't know. I mean, that's just me being me being me. But we'll see. Uh, most likely Jet to earn multiple Geek of the Week awards. I left this blank initially, man. This one's hard. I'm gonna say JFM again. Dalvin <laughs> Cook. Interesting. Mostly because of personal bias against Dalvin, the Dalvin Cook move and running backs in general. But I feel like something's going to catch up to him where even if it's just him catching sprays, strays for being as washed as maybe I think he is, but <laughs> I, I, or it's a, it's going to be a fumble. It's going to be something. I, I'm going to say Dalvin Cook due to my own personal bias. I th- I'm going with Alan Lazard. I just like. I know that he has chemistry with Rodgers, but you know, the reputation of being the drop guy and for however much Jets fans like ragging on Corey Davis for, you know, the drops and listen, he did have, he had some drops, but he also had big catches in crucial moments. Right. But if Alan Lazard is worthy, he has to be worth his contract this year for this offense to be good. And I still don't think he's a true number two receiver. So we'll see, but, I'm going with Lazard. I just feel like he's going to have one of those seasons where he's going to have some catches, but he's also going to have moments where you're like, good God, why is this guy getting $11 million a year? So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, most likely jet to draw Aaron Rodgers' ire. We both were kind of thinking along the same line. I saw along the same lines here. I went a little broader. Yeah, it's uh a dude that I've been hyping up as maybe the most important guy in the wide receiver room, McCole Hardman. And I think you saw a lot of his inconsistency in, in green or in uh, Kansas city. Um, I think if there's a dude that's, that's going to get Rogers pissed, it's going to be McCole either dropping something, not running the right route. You expect him to be running a lot of the vertical routes and stretching the field. When you throw deep balls, that's either when you leave TDs on the table or when you have interception risk, right? So um, I, if there's going to be a guy, I think it's going to be McColl on some deep stuff. Yeah, I went, I went, like I said, I went a little broader. I, I went the receiver core because, we, I mean, we know the last year in Green Bay was Rodgers being very mad at, at Watson and being mad at, you know, everybody on, that, on the receiving core from, from the start of training camp, right? So – I don't think it's going to be any surprise if if he has, like Randall Cobb said, he has a game or he has a moment where you see him yelling at receivers on the sideline to run the right route or to run it with a certain specificity, right? With a certain with a certain break, with a certain cut, with a certain something to make it go. So, listen, there shouldn't be with the with the chemistry that's developed between Rodgers and Wilson, with the chemistry that he supposedly already has with Lazard and Cobb, with 
you know, the two rookies at the bottom of the depth chart, the undrafted guys in Gibson and Brownlee, who probably won't see a lot of time. And then you have Hardman, who's a gadget guy. Maybe not, right? Like, hopefully not. But, you know, he he's not throwing to rookies. You know, Romeo he's not throwing to Romeo Dobbs. He's not throwing to Watson. So it's like, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Let's move forward. Most improved jet. A little positive here. Who do you think? This is an interesting one. I think there's a one and a one A. I think you got, I feel like you yeah, got the one A here. I, I put uh Jeremy Rucker, right? And really we didn't see much of him at all last year, largely due to a foot injury that he had. And, and just, uh, I mean, I've been on record saying tight end is one of, if not the hardest translations other than quarterback, right? Looking at non QB positions, one of the hardest transitions in the NFL. And part of that is you're learning multiple positions, right? You're learning how to be a blocker. You're learning how to be a pass catcher and run routes and do all that. He's had a lot of excitement in the preseason. Um, Hopefully that continues to translate forward. And I think by mid year, he's taken the lion's share of the snaps that would have otherwise gone to CJ Uzama. So, yep. I went with Jermaine Johnson. I'm buying into the hype. I'm buying into the camp hype because every beat reporter, it's it's pretty rare when the Jets beat agrees on anything. Um, but all the Jets beat who have been in practice every day, the guys you respect, have all said the same thing, that Jermaine Johnson was essentially unblockable this year. And maybe that's because the tackle depth isn't great. I mean, that's a very strong possibility. But there's just a different – he has a different attitude coming into this year. It, he just feels like he's ready to be an alpha dog with some of the things that he said. And who knows? Maybe this Carl Lawson back thing opens the door for him to get first-team snaps a little bit more, right? So uh, I, I just think it's going to happen. I, I, You know, you heard Connor Rogers all during the, the pre-draft cycle say, and I respect the hell out of Connor Rogers. I think the guy knows what he's talking about. 95% of the time, the draft is very hard, but – he just bought into the Jermaine Johnson hype. And he said, this guy's probably going to be the best edge rusher in this class. And to get him at 26, I mean, that's not bad. You know, and you hope he develops. And I think the potential is certainly there. So yeah, I'm buying like, into it. Buying like into you said, it. the, the door is open. I'm, I am curious to see how we deploy that edge group next week. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we might see starting, we might, might see starting edge Jermaine Johnson. I would not be surprised, right? His, mm-hmm. his run ability, his run defense, his tackling ability gives him a good floor. If there's a, if there's a guy you wanted to play that against, we saw it last year, right? With the chase down tackle on uh, Josh Allen for the sack, right? Mm-hmm. But this, this is the was, guy you his want. One, Jermaine Johnson his one highlight, his one highlight. That's it. <laughs> he, like that. that dude, he, he had one on special teams. He had a okay. block punt. Okay. Yeah. Great. But that was like his one high, like, and the funny thing is they milked the hell out of it. Cause there was oh, like yeah. all the, all the like draft stuff was like, Oh, we picked this guy to get after Josh Allen. And he did it one time and it's like, Oh, okay. There yeah. it is. But listen, man, I think, I, I think he had in his limited play time. I think he had a pretty good season last year. All things considered, he was pretty stout against the run pass rush. Wasn't entirely there, but you hope he worked on that this off season. So, and I, I believe, I just think his, but he's changed his body a bit. Like he doesn't look as like he looks, Slimmer, but stronger, right? He doesn't look as bulky as he did. So we'll see. We'll see. Again, another we'll see. But uh, let's move on. Jets Discord user, most likely to start a fight. And I think we're pretty in lockstep here. There's like, there's a few few that are pretty obvious. But uh, we both pick one, and there was another that I I picked. But who'd you pick, Sliz? 
can't stop baiting too. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the boy. <laughs> I don't even know that. If you've spent any amount of time in in Jets Discord, uh, he, he just likes taking strong opinions and not backing down from them. Oh, we got a few. We got a few more in the chat, so I'm gonna throw these up. Uh, Google says bot lane, which is yeah, not you know, not necessarily incorrect. Uh, Gungan Gungan God says crimp. I don't know if I buy into that. I think crimp is generally fine. I don't have any, I don't have any issues with crimp. Um, EE says J Jet, yeah. also a possibility. Uh, you know, G Money's up there. You know, I mean, we'll always love him for our linebackers as Asser than last year which is yeah. all-time classic but Lo- uh, love jade I, I love the jj answer he he will start a fight but it won't be football related <laughs> <laughs> i picked I, I was with you i picked can't stop this too uh i mean he's just he's a character right and then also george or you know like he has a propensity to call people idiots like me specifically at least three times yeah. a week so he, uh, he, he flip-flops between the extremes of it, nothing matters the jets are good we're gonna be good and we're gonna win it all to like being ultra critical of random stuff yep <laughs> big big georgia guy don't tell him i said that though uh let's move on uh we wind this down game that will piss you off most if they lose we had we had different answers on this one I went. There's yeah, there's a few. There's I've a changed few. my I changed my answer from what I originally put. Interesting. Um, there, there's a few. There is no way. No, I'm going to say this right now. There is no way that the Jets can lose to the Patriots twice this year. Like zero yeah. way. Like zero. The Patriots' offensive line is a major concern. Mac Jones, like the the Jets, can get to this guy. Their wide receiver room is unimpressive. Like there is no way that the Jets can lose can lose to the Patriots either here or Foxborough. Like period, there's none. So there's that, and there's also the Giants game, and that that'll piss me off more because I I honestly God I hate the Giants more than the Patriots. I do. You see, at least with the Patriots, I have a level of respect because they whooped our ass for twenty years, right? And like it's a matter of. Well, you know, it's not really a rivalry if they beat us all the time. And Tom Brady is the GOAT, and there should be no debate there. And Belichick is Belichick. Say what you want about them being cheaters, whatever. But I, I just, like, I can't be, I can't hate a team that's been that good for that long, right? The Giants, I mean, they made the playoffs last year great, but they're a very flawed team, like we said at the top. And if they lose, to, especially after the Jihad Ward stuff and after the Sterling Shepard stuff and, like, I won't be happy. I won't be happy. So I don't know. Those are the, those are the three. I mean, I know we said only pick one, but those are the three that I would seriously consider ending this podcast and, and deleting discord if that happened. But so what did you, what did you pick? So, so I initially had new England, right? You'll famously remember last year. I said, we're going to go two and oh, that did not age. Well, but yeah, in, I mean, you said it all. We, we cannot lose to new England this year, no. right? If we are, if we are a serious team, we don't have the the young QB against Bill Belichick handicap anymore. Yep. Um. There, there's no reason to lose to New England this year, home, no. home or away. Not um, zero. The game I picked, I've spent really the entire off season signaling their doom. I've been ready for their demise. Week one, home versus Buffalo, Monday Night Football. All the all the hype of the offseason, no Von Miller. We need to crush Buffalo, man. We we need to come out and 
signal that we are legit, that the division's ours, and that we're going to the playoffs. And no we've, no better stage to do that. We've said it before, and I said it last year. I just I, – I didn't buy – I know Buffalo was really good last year, 13-3. They didn't play the last game or whatever. But I just never bought them as Super Bowl contenders because I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it was their offense. I just like – the vibe was – and it's even worse this year. And we said it on the podcast with Bill last week. The vibe is off. Like the Stefan Diggs stuff was weird, man. That was just a weird story top to bottom. And like maybe it wasn't overly detrimental, but that kind of stuff doesn't happen on like championship contending teams where things are all hunky dory, you know? Right. Josh Allen never plays well against the Jets. Like he's thrown eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, under 60% completion percentage, I'm pretty sure. Uh, tons of fumbles. Like that's just, he, he typically doesn't play well against the Jets. So, and they beat him with Zach Wilson last year. And I don't see how anything really changes. And like you said, Von Miller's out. Their offensive line is suspect. Yeah. I, I just don't – I don't know, man. I just, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I'm not – the thing is, I'm not like sounding the alarms if they lose to Buffalo, especially me, if it's close. Me, me, but, me neither. But – but, it feels like a game you need to stake your flag early. I know we've yeah. talked about, hey, in this first six-game stretch, right, you have really six pretty tough teams. We'll, we'll call it five plus New England, right, which we have to call a tough game just because they've owned us for forever. Um, if you don't come out of that, I think Google had asked in chat one day, kind of what what's the worst record you'd be okay coming out of this, right? And it's probably two and four where it's, if you have a couple tight losses against the Eagles, against Dallas, against Buffalo, against the Chiefs, like you're you're not really sweating those, but it's like, man, you you probably want, you need to be three or three or better, right? Just the vibes going into the bye week. Um, if you come out four and two, you, you're feeling really good about the, the rest of the season, right? That means you, you drop two against, only two against Buffalo, Kansas City, Dallas, and Philly, which are four ideally Super Bowl contenders, right? If if you go two and two against those teams and take care of business against both Denver and New England, you're feeling good going in the back half, which is going to be a lot lighter of a schedule. Right. Uh, I'm not going to put this first Google message up because it has some language in it, but uh, the second one says if we don't if we don't beat if we don't annihilate Buffalo, I'm going to blame Sliz, which Fair, fair. It's your fault. No, it's your I've, fault. Been, I've been preying on their demise for the entire offseason. Bill's regression is coming. Gungan Gungan God asked a really good question. Google, is there a game you won't have a meltdown over if we lose? It's just true. I feel like the boy needs to go to uh, anger management, some of these things. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's move on. As we wind down, we got two left. Jets player most likely to become a meme. I, I said Makai again because, like, the vibes are too good. And the second that he goes down or he takes he takes a breather on the sideline, it's it's just memes again, right? It's just, you know, so sadly I picked Makai. I just don't. Vibes, the vibes are, it's almost too good to be true with him. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's healthy. He's worked his way back up the depth chart. He's agreed to be right tackle. Like, I don't know. Most likely become a meme. Any ideas? He he laid the groundwork week year one. Hopefully he bucks the trend in year two. But I'm gonna say Lake and Tomlinson sticking ah. on the offensive line, right? If if this <laughs> dude, if this dude is the my man froze, he hasn't moved in <laughs> however long. If he becomes that meme again this year, right? It's it's over. What game was that? 
I always forget. Was it Detroit? I feel like it was Detroit. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I, remember. I don't recall. But he he legitimately did not move, and it was just the funniest thing to see. So, yeah, he, he played pretty well in the preseason. Though. I think he graded out. Someone dropped a grade out to like a 78 overall, 76 overall. So 77.6. Not bad. Not bad. We'll see. All right, so there's the last one that we have on here. What's your record prediction, friend? What do you say? And we're going to look at the schedule in a second, but what, what do you say? 12, Actually, and you know five, 12 and five winning the division. <laughs> Let's throw it up. Let's throw up the schedule now. 12 and five winning the division. Uh, yes, sir. Like you said, pre-buy, you got some tough games. I mean, until Buffalo is are proven frauds, there's still Buffalo, I guess, right? Have to beat New England. You have to beat the Broncos, I think. They're, Broncos are still talented, but they also they just feel like a team in flux right now, even with Sean Payton. And I think you can take advantage of Russell Wilson. Um, you know, that's tough. It's a tough pre-buy schedule, but I think that you can come out of it three and three. You're you're sitting pretty uh, if you're 500 going into the bye. So, um, four, four and two at the bye. Four and two at the bye. That, I would feel really good if they're four and two in the bye because so, yep. if they're four and two, I say to myself, well, they lost to the Chiefs and they lost to the Eagles, which I think the Eagles defensive line is still really good. I mean, both lines are still really good. And they're just their their receiver room, just everything that they do is just, you know, they're just a good football team. So you know, uh, Dallas, I'm not a huge believer in because Mike McCarthy's a bozo. Um New England, you have to stop New England. You have to be, you have to be Denver, and I think Week One is. I'm gonna say must win Week One. That's that's silly, but Week One is is a statement game, right? It's oh, yeah. it's a game you say to yourself like, these are your New York Jets of 2023, and at, I think with Rodgers, it's it's believe at home, yeah, at home. So, uh, pre buy, you know, tough, but after that, you get the Giants, you get the Chargers, you get, let's say, you get the Raiders. Buffalo again, Miami, Miami twice after the bye. By the way, and um, pro and potentially with Ramsey back, which that timing isn't ideal, right? Right. If we're playing Miami without Jalen Ramsey, you, you feel really good about that matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what we'll see what the rosters look like come mid year. Right. It's always dumb to play the win loss game this time of year because guys get hurt, right? And, and rosters just look different and sucks. It's the reality of football, but. Falcons, Texans, Dolphins, Commanders, Browns, and Patriots. Right? I mean, Man. four four and two going in the bye. That means we drop three on the back half. The ones I'm worried about. I think that Chargers game is going to be tough. You know, it's certainly at Bills. The two games with Miami. That that Browns game, and I, I know everyone feels like the Browns are almost underrated because everyone hates Watson, and um, rightfully so. And he's he's looked terrible too, which hasn't helped the case. But that roster is really good on a Thursday night game late in the year. Stuff gets funky on Thursday night, right? Oh yeah. So that that's a game I worry about. And there's someone kind of complaining about our early buy, and I, I pointed out it's it's okay. We have a, a second buy in week 14, so that 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 timing works out pretty well there, right? And you're you're very rude. <laughs> you're very rude. And who is that week 14 games list for the people who are, who are listening? Yeah, the, the, the Houston Texans I, I don't, at home, uh, at home, man. Listen, I, this is, might be a hot take. I don't think the Texans is far away as people think. No, I, they'll, be good. they'll be good this year. I, I, good is like six wins, seven, pushing seven. 
where I worry about the Texans, the fact that they gave away their pick next year. Yeah. It, it feels like it's hard to between that and wasting their 13th pick last year on Kenyon green. It feels like they've kind of, they, they've hamstrung their own kickstart. Yeah. I so. think, uh, you know, trading away Brandon cooks. So is a choice, you know, Brandon cooks, a really good receiver. Um, really good, very underrated. And the guy that good shouldn't have been traded. Was that four times now and going to Dallas too, which they desperately needed it. And, but their wide receiver room is like Nico Collins now and John Mechie, if you play like very uninspiring. I mean, they did sign Dalton Schultz, so there's that, but I don't a t- know. A team I'll point out on there that I didn't mention in the back half that you you have to respect, I think, is going to be that Atlanta Falcons team too. A team that makes games close, even when their quarterback talent's been quite frankly garbage right and in the past couple of years their defense has been garbage i think their defense is actually going to be pretty good this year uh-huh. and their their strengths on offense kind of align with some of our weaknesses they're going to do a lot over the middle they're going to pound the rock we'll we'll see what happens i, I think yeah. we certainly have an edge but they're they're a team that can kind of make you play football in a different way yep my my record prediction is 11 and 6 i see 11 wins i think they get hot at the right time I, I just that early schedule is tough, but listen, when you're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, like I'm tired of saying, like every everybody's saying, like, oh man, that first part of the schedule is killer. I mean, I hope other teams and probably not, but other fan bases are looking at the Jets and saying, Hey man, they're a legit team and they're a Super Bowl contender this year, right? And that's a position that we haven't really been in a whole yeah. long time. Well, that's in a long time. Even the Chiefs game, right? I, I think as people are doing the the win loss game, moving down the schedule, it's like, oh, Chiefs are a loss. It's like, man, why? Why? It, like, I get why you're putting the Chiefs as a loss, but it's like, why are the Chiefs automatically a loss? They that it, I know it's Pat Mahomes, I know it's Andy Reid, but like that's a flawed roster, man. That's a flawed roster, and and certainly if if Travis Kelsey is healthy, that's like kryptonite against our our weakest part of our defense is over the middle and and our linebackers, but. If he's dinged up a little bit, if you still have this Chris Jones, whatever's happening there, it, like if Chris Jones isn't playing, we cannot lose. Like mm-hmm. that is a we. If we don't win, I am very disappointed. Just to huh. piggyback, I guess on that previous superlative, right? Mm-hmm. A Chris Jonesless Chiefs needs to be a win. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know, man. I think Chiefs. It's Mahomes. It's the Mahomes effect. He's just he does stupid things on a football field, man. He does. He just does dumb things, like dumb good things, you know. He's just, I don't know. And Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson smoking Mahomes from the blind side to end the game. <laughs> Let's go, Who's baby. That? Man, it's a bit, a bit of uh, hopium there, but um, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. A lot of we'll see in this podcast, but we will see. All right, so let's move on to this week's Geek of the Week. And, you know, it's not always going to be an on-field guy. Some kind, sometimes people in the Discord can give us uh, some fun content. And, you know, this week, it, it was a user that uh, STLC, I don't know if that's like St. Louis Cardinals or like Salt Lake City. I have no idea. But he gave us some takes this week. So we had Zach Wilson is save because of, you know, what he showed you in preseason. Mike Evans is washed and he's only worth it as a mentor, which was, you know, an interesting take. And the Browns don't run the ball. There was that. So, uh, you know, it's, that's uh, quite the trio of takes. And there was another one uh, that led to you saying 
you've made negative points. I don't know a single point you've made, which I'm still waiting for it to be made a command. That was, uh, but uh, that was that was quite the quite the run of takes from STLC. And and you know, we we respect all takes in Discord, or at least we try to healthy debate. But I don't know. That's just. I opened that was like happening on like a like a Monday morning or like a Tuesday morning or something. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? So if you're going to if you're going to make some takes that are like easily proven wrong with like a five second Google search, uh huh. that's not you can't say, oh, it's my opinion, bro. No, that's right. like you're just saying incorrect facts, right? <laughs> you're just saying <laughs> stuff wrong. Just it, saying it, stuff. It's not an opinion if it's just blatantly wrong. Yeah. Man, it's uh so STLC, you are this week's geek of the week. Wear it with pride, friend. Take the role. Is there a it's role? There should be there should be a role. There should be a role. Let's move on, Slis, to, to a new, you know, this this user just did such a great job on the Limerick contest that it was just too good to not have him do one of these a week. So hopefully he agrees to this. No, we're not paying you. There's no money in the budget for that. But let's go to Salad Face's poetry corner. And and every week he's gonna give us a limerick, hopefully. And, you know, I know he didn't agree to this, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. So, Salad Phase, let's, let's read his limerick for the week. There once was a player named Cobb who drew the bloodlust of Jihad. Jihad grew irate and pushed Rogers late and ran to reporters to sob. That's that good. That's good. Cover a natural, the, natural. Big, uh, the big media narrative of the past he's, week, right? He's a natural at this, man. <laughs> South face. He's pumped out like eight. Like he just does them for fun now. Like my goodness, but uh salad, salad, salad face of poetry corner. Always, always a good time. All right. So Liz, we've, we've talked, we've talked enough. Let's bring it in for a landing. This is the landing strip. What's on your mind? Anything, anything going on? Man, Nothing just crazy weekend. Crazy weekend. Wife was out of town, juggling mm. some sick kids and oh. glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's feeling good. Rest, um, my my boilers lost a close one against mm. Fresno State. Could not, not be me. Not, not what you want to see. But Rutgers yeah, football I mean, undefeated. Football's back. Got one more fantasy draft almost wrapped up there. I'm I'm ready, man. I'm I'm mm. chomping at the bit. It's been a long off season for us Jets fans, right? Between the Rogers wait, between the draft, between just waiting for Rogers to play and everything building up. I, I'm excited for excited for the season man buckle up it's gonna be fun hopefully not the most fun season of our lives but it's probably got a chance to be up there right let's say we got one from gung and god here who's your pick in premiere i'm assuming week one thursday night football lions chiefs who do you you got slice well so i think he was talking about the premier league fantasy oh the premier league man i've i've been on the i've been on the turn either here's about that or 12 fun I know no one cares about your fantasy team. I I got if if Kelsey's really out, man, I got the lines. I got the lines in a stunner. I think they're gonna come out. They're gonna they're gonna play some Dan Campbell ball and they're gonna show you why why meatheads win games. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. We're gonna pick a running back and a linebacker and a safety in the in the draft, and they're gonna make year one impacts and we're gonna win the football game. That's the Lions are such a weird team, man. They are. I mean, they, they finished hot last year. And like the thing about Dan Campbell is like people forget. Yes. He had, he had that like trial run in Miami years ago. I forget who got fired, but he was the interim head coach and and the players loved him there. 
and everybody but, knew he uh, needed Joe Philbin. I think so. But he was, he was there and he like, everybody was stunned that he was like the interim guy and the players loved him then. And then he went to new Orleans and he was sitting, he was their tight ends coach and, and man, Sean Payton just loved this guy and the players loved this guy. And then he was hired and he had the whole kneecapped press conference and like, yeah, it was a little weird. It was like the kind of like stuff that gets football blowhards, like just like hot and bothered, right? Like all that like tough machismo stuff. But then they go out and they play with fire like they did last year. And they dealt with a lot of injuries early in the season, but they finished strong. And I think that's the type of team you're going to see this year. Thank God they, they took uh, they took Jameer Gibbs. So, I mean, thank God, because rumors are true and the Jets were going to take him in the draft. But it is what it is. I don't know. Yeah, we'll man. see. Players love coaches that are player first. And I think I saw a tweet about it. Players love coaches that can lift in the weight room with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dave Campbell and Robert Sala, baby. Yep, 100%. Are you saying Jets Lions Super Bowl? Is that what you're saying? Hey, I, Is that your as a guy that grew up in Lions country and watched a lot of pitiful Lions football, that they, they deserve it too. Jets mm-hmm. Lions, baby. Lock it in. Let's I don't go. Think- I don't think the Lions are going to be like world beaters this year. I mean, a lot of it depends on Goff, right? And and who Goff is. They Ben Johnson did a wonderful job of scheming around his his deficiencies last year. I think. Um, I, don't I don't know. I'd feel I'd feel better about them if they had a uh, Mike Evans at wide receiver, right? Uh-huh. That's where you look at you look at them, and that's like their defense needs a lot to come together, and they need like that one that one weapon, whether that's Jameson gambling Williams, whether that's whatever, right? You, right, you need right. something. You need a, a difference maker. You have you have Amon Ross St. Brown in the slot to to pepper targets and be your volume guy. You need you need a dude that can make a difference. Right. Uh before we move on to my my landing ship, I had a question here. JB, where's your Jets flare? Um well I'm wearing a I'm wearing this Jets shirt. I don't know if you, you can't see it. This is like I've I've had this shirt for like 10 years probably longer. I love this thing. It's like nice and light and like airy. It's a great shirt. And then I was looking behind me because I, I just bought, I don't know where it went, but I just bought, I think the, the blankets are on top of my really nice background here, but I just bought this really fluffy jets pillow from target. Okay. It's like All one right. of these like Sobakawa Sobakawa cloud pillow type deals. And this thing is wonderful. It's like really big and fluffy. It's good. Really what, what's your you're you're sitting down Monday night, right? You got dinner or whatever. You're 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 strapping in. You're watching pregame. You're watching. Uh, shoot, I forgot what the. Come on, man. You're watching the segment uh-huh. there. What are you wearing? What's what what's am the, I wearing? What's the get up. Oh man, no one's ever asked me what I'm wearing. Um, let's see. I don't know, man. I think. Honestly, I'm not a big jersey guy anymore. Like, I don't, okay. I don't own jerseys. I probably just default to a shirt. I have a few Jet shirts in here. It's probably this shirt. Um, I'm more of a hat guy. I got a lot of Jets hats. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'd probably a shirt, this shirt. Like, it's one of my favorite shirts. I've had this shirt forever. I couldn't tell you how long I've had this shirt for. I had a couple plain. I think the green. I've worn that like the green Jets shirt, that really offensive Kelly green one with the old Jets logo on it. Oh yeah, uh, I like that shirt a lot. That's probably that's probably my go-to. Is I just nice. just bring back the '80s logo, man. Yeah, just bring yes, back sir. the '80s logo. Uh, Gungi got another question because we're we're having too much fun here. Gungi got asked, "What's what's dinner for Monday?" I mean, it's got to be wings or pizza, right? That's just the way the football works. Yeah, I, I mean, probably. I don't, I don't. It's wings or pizza, man. 
little, and you can't a have sauce sauce, a little sauce you, sauce from Vito. You can't, yeah, you can't, uh, you can't have pizza. You're not allowed to have pizza anywhere outside of the the tri-state area. You can't have pizza. So we make uh, it work. Sorry for you, but yeah, I think I think it's a wing thing, and I'm a traditional wings guy. I'm not a boneless wings guy. So I'm do I'm do boneless wings. I, I don't I'll engage do, I'll in do boneless. The, I'll do boneless. Uh, I can't do the boneless thing. But uh, so so my 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 landing strip thoughts is we're going way along here, but as Starfield came out for early purchasers, I've been waiting for this game forever. So I just couldn't wait another week. It's pretty good. Um, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's there, there are certain flaws to it. I think the space travel is pretty poor uh, because it's essentially just a big fast travel map. Like you can't actually travel in space. You have to like pick something and travel to it. So like, that's weird. I've done some more exploring on New Atlantis, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's a lot like the Citadel and Mass Effect. If you've played those games, same same concept. I, I will say I'm not create. I wish it was more. This is going to sound like almost hypocritical, but I almost wish it was more open world, like just one single map, though. Uh, we Obviously, because you're traveling between planets, you don't really get that. But overall, it feels surprisingly polished for a Bethesda game, especially for a Bethesda game of this magnitude. But... Uh, big fan, big fan so far. Starfield, some some things here and there, but I'm enjoying it. Nice. I'm enjoying it. I'll throw it on the wish list and get to it in ten years, maybe. Yep, probably. <laughs> Start, you know, and then Elder Scrolls, uh, Skyrim will just come out for the thirty fifth yeah. time. I'll, I'll, yeah, point. I was gonna say I'll buy I'll buy the third remaster of Starfield when it's on like a seventy five percent off sale, and then not touch it. Yep, probably so, right. That's that's just what Bethesda does. That's how it right? goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> All right, but that'll do it for this episode of Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. Obviously, you already found us, but you can continue to find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Pandora. Please leave us a five-star review where applicable. We'd greatly appreciate it. Obviously, we're also live on Tuesday nights on YouTube at youtube.com slash at Jet Fuel Podcast. Get in, join the fun. A lot of fun with the chat, and you know, we throw questions on the on the screen here. So it's been it's been a lot of fun so far, and we're gonna do this all through the season unless something goes terribly wrong. You can find us on Twitter at Jet Fuel Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. Sliz, where can the people find you on Twitter? At Sliz underscore NYJ. I'm not, I'm refusing to call it X, by the way. I'm not calling it X. I'm just baked into Twitter anyway. Uh, you can send us an email at Jet Fuel Discord Podcast at gmail.com. And Sliz, how can the people join the Discord? Discord.gg slash NYJets. Come. Come join up, man. It's it's game time. We'll, we're talking every game, all day, every day get your fantasy advice in the the general fantasy channel if you're making a start sit start decision um we're we're gonna get a new survivor pool going up i think that just got renewed so if you're in it last year you should have an email if, if not we'll get the the link posted up get you in survivor with, with all the jet scored bros and yeah join up man hopefully uh we'll be we'll have game threads for next next monday man we'll have game yep. threads and we'll be living and dying on every play Every play. Oh God, I'm not looking forward to it, but I am. I'm very excited. Yeah, maybe, maybe don't come into the thread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go into the thread. Just watch it and add your comments later. But uh, shout out to the homies in the chat. That'll do it for this episode of Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. For Matt Salard, I am Joe Rivera reminding you, you can't take flight without Jet Fuel. <laughs>